Um, I think it's a minute after five. I think you will get started if that's okay. You guys all ready? Absolutely. Yeah, let's hey, go. Right, right. So first of all, good afternoon to everybody that's on. Looks like we have some 50 plus people. I think I saw, yeah, about 50 people. Welcome. Um, on behalf of the Lake County Wine Grape Commission, I'd like to welcome you all to the Sauvignon Blanc Experience Virtual Wine Tasting. We're super excited to have you joining us today. My name is John Hyde. I'm your moderator for this tasting, and I'm thrilled to be joined by three prominent Lake County winemaking pros, including Joy Merrilies, Derek Holstein, and Adam Forney. But before we get to them and their lovely wine, let's take care of a few housekeeping uh, tips. First of all, we really want to hear your questions from the audience, So, and we want to try to make this as, as interactive as possible. So if there's something you're eager to ask, please use the Q&A feature at the bottom of the Zoom window, and we will try to answer as many questions as we can during the tasting, so please keep them coming. The chat feature is turned off for the audience and everyone in the audience is on mute. However, we will include a few links to information that you might be interested in looking at, such as a technical, technical sheet with details about each of the wines we're featuring today. And in fact, we'll post that link in chat now. And hopefully you'll see that come up. Yeah, it should be there in chat. Um, hopefully you all saw that. So let me say a few words about our topic and our speakers, and then I'll introduce our speakers and we'll get started. Um, so a little about Lake County. It is a rural community of 65,000 people surrounding Clear Lake, which is the largest natural fresh, freshwater lake in California and the oldest lake in North America. The elevation of Clear Lake is 1,329 feet above sea level. Lake County itself is tucked into the Mayacamas mountain range just north of Napa and Sonoma counties. It's home to about 30 wineries and nearly 10,000 acres of vineyards. The uh, wine region includes young volcanic soils that play an important role in the quality and character of Lake County wines. These are, as a wine region, Lake County includes seven recognized AVAs. The wines we will be discussing come from four of those AVAs, Big Valley District, High Valley, Red Hills, and Kelsey Bench. These are high elevation AVAs, among the highest in the state, with vineyards ranging from 1,300 feet to 2,600 feet above sea level. And elevation is really important to understanding Lake County wines. It means that the grapes are exposed to higher UV levels and brighter sunshine. And that results in a, a higher concentration of phenolics, which are the compounded wines responsible for taste, color, and mouthfeel. Climate also plays a key role in these wines. Lake County, situated between the hot Central Valley and the cool Pacific Coast, is notable for the sharp temperature change from day to night during the, the summer growing season. This phenomenon is called diurnal swing, and it means that the temperatures can be quite warm during the day, but significantly cooler at night. And that's important because heat enables the grapes to fully ripen, and the cool air at night allows them to preserve the acidity that gives Lake County wines such beautiful balance. So this combination of elements, volcanic wines, high elevation, high UV levels, diurnal swings, it makes the region an outstanding location to grow premium wine. And in fact, wineries have been making uh, high quality wine in Lake County for some 150 years. 
In the last couple of decades, winemakers in the region have discovered that Sauvignon Blanc does extremely well in Lake County, producing wines of beauty and character. No other wine growing region in the United States is so closely associated with Sauvignon Blanc as Lake County. I'm sure our speakers will have lots more to say about all of that. And uh, we'll try to, again, try to answer any questions you have. So without further ado, let me quickly introduce our speakers and we'll get started. Um, let me start with Joy Merrily. She is the Director of Winemaking and Production at Shannon Ridge Family of Wines. Joy has been making wine in... <laughs> Joy has been making wine in Lake County and abroad since 2002, including stints in New Zealand and Australia. And hopefully she can say a few words about that. Derek Holstein is consulting winemaker at Chase Water Winery, among other clients. He typically works with about five wineries at any given time. And he is currently responsible for the technical direction and production of up to 1.2 million gallons annually of North Coast wines, including Cabernet Sauvignon, Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc, and other wines. Adam Forney is the co-owner of Dancing Crow Vineyards. He has very deep roots in Lake County, beginning with his great, great, great grandfather, who crossed the plains from Missouri in an ox wagon and settled near Kelseyville during the 1860s. Adam is involved in most aspects of the family wine with a focus on sales and marketing, which should allow him to give us a little different perspective than our two winemakers. So with that, I will turn it over to Joy to start our tasting. Joy? All right. Well, I hope everyone has a glass of wine in hand. Um, I do. I actually have three sitting right here. So, um, so we're going to start off with our uh, Shannon Ridge Sauvignon Blanc. Can you see that? Uh, this, um, let me, I'll tell you a little bit about Shannon Ridge. So uh, Clay Shannon, he's the, the owner and um, head farmer of the uh, Shannon Ranch operation here in Lake County. We grow 1,200 acres of grapes. Um, and we take in about 50% of that fruit for our own brands. And you can see all of the brands behind me on the wall in my office. And, um, and so, we, um, so we're dedicated farmers first and foremost. And then um, on top of that, we, we have our own wine company. I'm coming to you guys live from uh, the Shannon Wine Company uh, facility over in Nice in the north side of Lake, um, Lake County. And this is where we bottle all of our wines. And um, we've been, you know, we are an essential business. So it, and as all of you are sheltering in place, we're still bottling because we need to feed, the, feed all of you guys um, really great wines at this time. And so we've been, we've been bottling pretty much nonstop, but everybody's been wearing gloves and masks and social distancing and staying safe. So um, it's, been, it's been good. We're all happy to be working. And um, so... So Shannon Ridge, uh, we've, um, like I said, we grow about 1,200 acres of grapes. We have a, a couple other uh, businesses at the same time. We also farm sheep, and all of our vineyards are, are farmed sustainably, and we also farm sheep in the vineyards to mow the weeds and fire suppression, and um, it actually, you know, it puts organic matter back into the soil. So we're dedicated to the future of our vineyards which is really important to us. We're actually um, working right now. Uh, 900 of that 1,200 acres is gonna be converted to organic farming uh, this season. Um, we won't get the certification for a few years down the road, but that's the direction we're headed. Um, and um, so this, 
our Sauvignon Blanc, the high elevation, uh, we call it high elevation because of um, the high elevation of Lake County. And um, it, it comes from three different vineyards. I'm gonna be geeky really quick and show you the map and where it comes from. All right, look at that. So there's Clear Lake. Oh, can't, I can't point so bad. So there's Clear Lake. Um, and so High Valley is, I guess it's backwards, but that's okay. So High Valley is in the north end of um, Lake County and that's where our highest elevation fruit comes from. So this is from um, the, the High Valley Vineyard and um, a couple of our home ranch, that's where our home ranch is. So that, uh, that contributes to this blend, a, a little bit more structure, um, nice bright acidity uh, because of the elevation and, and that diurnal swing. Um, and then um, also a nice kind of minerality component. Then from this section here, this is Red Hills. So this is all volcanic soil. This is more on the south side of the lake. Uh, this is directly behind Mount Canocti, our volcano. When it blew, it blew towards Napa and uh, created this, you know, um, mass of volcanic soil. And so we get a lot more uh, fleshy characters, um, ripe, kind of round, a little bit of tropical richness in the Sauvignon Blancs that are grown in that region. And then um, the Kelsey Bench AVA, which is the yellow one over there. So that one's just a step up from um, the Big Valley. And it's a, a, a terrace. And it's also volcanic soil, but not as volcanic as the Red Hills. A little bit cooler climate. Um, and also we get more of like the tropical characters um, in our Sauvignon Blanc from there. So, so that's the map. Hmm. Um, and uh, so, so all of those together, so we pick all of the grapes at different times. I think you guys have the, the text sheet. Uh, and so you can see kind of the range of where we, we picked our wines between September 12th and September 15th. It's a short window, but that's where we um, are able to kind of bring all of these separate blocks in. And um, so they're all fermented separately in their own vineyard lot. And then um, after harvest, that's kind of the, that's one of my favorite times of year, is like the first blending of the season. And you really get to see how 20, well, for this one, 2018, how it's shaping up. And um, so we, you know, we put together different blends to what we're trying to accomplish is we want a typical California style of Sauvignon Blanc, but we want um, a little bit of kind of a, a little tropical in there. Um, we want to, we want to be able to taste that minerality from High Valley and you want to be able to, um, to taste that fleshiness and the roundness from Red Hills. And then, you know, I think typical Lake County fruit always has this like grapefruit character. There's a little pineapple and get some lemongrass in there. So um, yeah, just some really fun flavors. Yeah. Um, hey Joy, let me ask you a question about that if I can. When you get to the harvest and you start to blend grapes from these different AVAs or different vineyards, it, does it vary every year or is it pretty similar from year to year? It's a little bit of both. I mean, you know, we're, we're trying to keep consistency with our brand. We know people, you know, love these wines and we want to keep it similar, but as winemakers, you also want to show off the nuances of each vintage and vintage to vintage variation. So you'll have cooler vintages with, it'll be a little bit more brightness and um, acidity and 
um, warmer vintages where it'll be a little bit fleshier and ripe, more round. So you want to show those things off, but um, but at the same time, yeah, you want to keep keep consistency. So um, so we do. It's a little bit different every year. Um, we typically have all three um, appellations and sometimes four appellations, including Big Valley, which is where um, Chase Water and Dancing Crow, I believe, get their fruit from. And so, uh, so yeah, so we usually are really encompassing all of Lake County into our Sauvignon Blanc. Great. Awesome. Thank you, Joy. Derek, do you want to step up and say a little sure. bit about Chase Water? I'll just move my chair up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so Chase Water makes two different Sauvignon Blancs. And first of all, I love making Sauvignon Blanc. That's probably my favorite variety. Um, mostly because you get kind of quick feedback. You know, you, you crush your grapes, you make the wine, and then by the next spring, you really have something you can show. And it's, um, if you're lucky, it'll last you two or three years and still look quite nice. But, um, but I love making Sauvignon Blanc. I've make, been making Lake County Sauvignon Blanc since uh, 1987 with Gwenoc. And then uh, just ever since I've tried to do more and more to try to express the vineyard and what the vineyard can do. Um, this behind me now is um, Windrum Vineyard. And that was taken a week ago. You can see that the, the vines haven't really come out very far in uh, Napa Valley, they're much farther out. Sonoma Valley, the same. But um, this is one vineyard that this comes from. And Chase Water makes another Sauvignon Blanc, which comes from a vineyard not too far away, but it's farmed differently. The soil is slightly different. And the expression of fruit is very different. I think of this more as a Sancerre style. It has a very opulent fruit, but it also uh, doesn't have the grassy characters that you get from New Zealand. Um, the other Sauvignon Blanc that we make at Chase Water gets, has more of those grassy characters. So this has more mineral characters, more of the uh, tropical fruits and the grapefruit, that sort of thing. As uh, you may or may not know, Sauvignon Blanc is very delicate. Um, it's very prone to oxidation. And so everything we do from the beginning until bottling and even a bottling is, is um, really geared towards reducing and eliminating uh, as much as possible the effects of UV light and oxygen. So we put CO2 in the bins when we pick the grapes. We bring the bins in. We dump them into the press, which has been purged with CO2. We put CO2 in the bin underneath the uh, press. We uh, go into a purge tank. We keep oxygen out. And then um, even when we bottle it, we use, um, if you can see this, but it's not very well. But it's, the glass here is, um, has UV protection in it so that when the, the wine stays on the shelf, the daylight won't, won't come through. Years ago, I did an experiment with some Sauvignon Blanc or some Chardonnay. We had it in, in clear glass and I just had it on my counter. It was barrel fermented. I tasted it out of the same case. I had six uh, six bottles on my on my uh, shelf with a UV light or full spectrum lighting, and in the same case, six more bottles. The afternoon, I pulled them all out, and a bunch of us taste them blind. Everyone could tell the difference, and it was just UV light that was doing it. 
So for Sauvignon Blanc, we use uh, this anti-green glass, which has a color protection. When we fill the bottles, we put a, a dab of liquid nitrogen into the bottle so that it, it turns into gas and pushes the oxygen out to the top of the, the bottle. And then we put the screw cap on, which uh, has less effect in terms of uh, flavors uh, than cork does. So we hope that it'll last longer that way. And the result is a fruity, you know, bright, uh, something that's very expressive of the, of the uh, vineyard, which, which I really, really like. So as I mentioned, Sancerre is one of my passions for Sauvignon Blanc. Here's a vineyard in Sancerre. And that's Sancerre in the background there. There's another view of Sancerre. Hey Derek, just for, for people who don't necessarily know, would you explain where Sancerre is and how? Oh yeah, so Sancerre is a little town in eastern part of the Loire Valley in France, which is well known for Sauvignon Blanc. Um, from there, uh, Sauvignon Blanc has moved to California. New Zealand is also known well for, that's a joy, spent time there, also known for Sauvignon Blanc. The styles are very different. Sancerre sometimes has uh, a different clone of Sauvignon Blanc as Sauvignon Musquet. So it's a slightly more mineral-like character. All three of the wines that we have today are the same clone, though. They're all clone wine from UC Davis, uh, which originated with the Wente family from, they brought it over from Bordeaux. So actually what you're tasting in front of you comes from the Bordeaux district, which also grows Sauvignon Blanc, um, but slightly different flavors than what you find in Sancerre. Sancerre is a kind of jewel of France for, for uh, Sauvignon Blanc. And um, so, you know, I go there every now and again and, and touch bases with winemakers and, and go taste wines and bring wines back and, and enjoy doing that. And I try to uh, emulate some of the things that they do in the wines that we make. So Chase Water, very small winery in Kelseyville. Um, the grapes that we pick are just a short, you know, distance from the winery, a uh, single vineyard, as I pointed out. Um, it's very uniform, lush, and you see a lot more canopy in the vineyard than you do here uh, in the spring. And it's very even. Uh, David Weiss, who's a Lake County um, vineyard manager, uh, manages this vineyard as well as the other one we buy from. Uh, he's been doing this for a long time. I've been working with him for a long time. And he's just, you know, expert at... Um, making sure the fruit is, is exposed. Uh, any fruit that's secondary is pulled out. Um, so we just get the, the best we can. We try, we try to pick at night with lights if we need to pick by hand or we use machine. And the reason for that at night is to uh, get the cold temperatures. That's uh, when I was at Gwinnock, we discovered that the temperatures were coming in during the day or really hot fermentations that go like that. You know, just spend a lot of energy trying to cool it, juice, stuff like that. With this uh, coming in at night, it's cold. Um, we can slow down the oxidative process more with that. Um, and then we ferment at a cold temperature too, between 45, 48 degrees. I use a yeast that I ran into in uh, Bordeaux many years ago, and it's now VL3, and that comes in several different versions in California, so you can buy it um, here. And it uh, helps to bring out some of the uh, flavors um, that are unique to Sauvignon Blanc. We use that same yeast. Chemistry. So do we. <laughs> we all like. So 
Yeah, everybody uses BL3 now. Um, <laughs> I don't use that for any other varieties. But. Hey, Derek, um, I want to ask you a question that came in. And there's actually a question here that I want to come back to ask you, Joy, in a few minutes after Adam gets a chance. Um, but Megan Langford asked a question about, since you mentioned clones, um, is there a specific Sauvignon Blanc clone that you look for or prefer growing in Lake County? So you mentioned you're all growing the same clone from UC Davis that came over to the Wente family initially from Bordeaux. Is that standard throughout Lake County or are, there, are people using different clones? Uh, to my knowledge, that's, that's very standard. It's been around for a long time. And luckily, you know, for everyone, including ourselves, we've learned how to use it much better than we used to when I first started making wine in the mid-70s. Um, Sauvignon Blancs were kind of strange compared to what they are now in California. I used to call it California style because it was not as good as New Zealand or Sancerre, but now they're, they're interchangeable. There's a lot of really good qualities in all three areas, but um, you know, it oxidizes easily, that kind of thing. I like to make um, wine from Sauvignon Musquet, which is another clone of Sauvignon Blanc, because it has some more subtle characters in it, which are fun to work with. But I think it, they're really site specific. You know, uh, this vineyard, uh, Windrum, is not too far from the Quercus vineyard. It's not too far from Dancing Crow. Different characters in, in all three vineyards. Uh, soil has a lot to do with it. Um, the way that they're trained has a lot to do with it. Um, yeah, I agree, Derek. We um, so I think most of what's planted in Lake County is clone one. Um, hi, Megan. Thanks for asking the question. And um, we we have actually planted, uh, I may be wrong on this, but I think it's clone 376 is another kind of newer clone of Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, we planted some out in Long Valley and I think Brassfield has some as well. Um, and it, I think it shows a little bit more kind of tropical characters, um, depends on when it's picked and so it's site specific and all of that. But I think people are starting to experiment a little bit with different clones, um, knowing that most of what's planted in, in not only Lake County, but in most of California is clone one. And we do, we've got a little bit of, um, what you're talking about the Savio Musquet as well um, and we do ferment that and we do blend some of that in there there might be a little bit of Sauvignon Musquet actually in um, in this in our high elevation Sauvignon Blanc but uh, we don't have a, a lot of acreage of it but um, but it is it's very different than the clone one Sauvignon Blanc so I think people are starting to experiment and trying new clones just to get away from that clone one and there's so much soil diversity too that I think that it just kind of lends itself to that as well just trying to figure out you know, what works best in certain areas, and there's the higher areas, the lower areas, and then, you know, just in terms of the soil itself, and I'll talk a little bit more about that, but yeah, it's really interesting. Adam, why don't you jump in, and um, I do have, a, there's a, a question that came in that I want you to somewhat address, since you really focus on sales and marketing, it has to do with the AVAs in Lake County. The question is, do you think Lake County AVAs will gain the notoriety of Napa and Sonoma AVAs? And I think the question is more about, do you think people will eventually identify Big Valley and High Valley the way they do in some of the, like Alexander Valley and some of the areas, Dry Creek or, or um, Moon Mountain, et cetera, in Napa? Do you think that will happen? But anyway, let me, let me let you go and then if you can address that question at some point. Well, I'll just address it now just before I start off. And I do, I mean, just going out and doing lots of tastings in different places, uh, you know, Lake County is becoming more and more well-known just by, you know, 
people in the industry, but the Psalms, you see the wine writers are starting to pick up on it. And like, I mean, like Red Hills to me, I mean, it's, I mean, it's headed towards being just really known for nice, big, you know, cabs that people like. And I think the kind of cabs that people would associate maybe with Napa, they could start looking at Lake County, but then you get the elevation on top of it. So there's a little something extra there. Uh, and then like places like Kelsey Bench and also, uh, the, you know, the Big Valley. I mean, in terms of Sauvignon Blanc, it is just, you know, I mean, I think at some point, and this is probably somewhere down the road, but I mean, Lake County, especially, you know, I mean, most of the areas, but, you know, I, I'm a little partial to the, the area of Big Valley District, because that's where our, our wines come from. Uh, I mean, those areas are going to be known for being premier Sauvignon Blanc for the United States. I mean, all of these wines are, I mean, you can just taste the quality, you can taste, you know, just how they could compare with French Sauvignon Blancs. I'm not saying, you know, they're basically, they've got a nice uh, brightness to them. There's lots of complexity in there, but I think partly it's just getting the word out there and getting uh, more and more people to try the wines. I mean, we've gone to, I've gone to wine shops and they've had a Sancerre on the, you know, wine by the glass list. And I, gave both of our, our wine and I bought a glass of the wine by the glass, the Sansa there and had uh, the bartender try it and they couldn't tell the difference between the two. I mean, so there's a lot of similarities that I think, um, plus the differences in terms of the elevation and those type of things. So it's just really interesting. And I think part of it is just, you know, through things like this, that being able to get the word out there, getting people to appreciate uh, what Lake County has to offer is a big thing. So do you and i know you're going to say more about your wine but one of the questions i wanted to ask you at some point is about um how early you pick i think you pick earliest at dancing crow right of, of the three these three wineries it, it depends year to year but we do usually yeah i mean we've gone from you know kind of you know sort of beginning of august to sometimes just depending on you know the weather factors and all of those things uh into september so it just all depends year to year um, are you typically looking at 2018? We had a little longer hang time. So, uh, okay. I had to do a little bit of the richness, add a little bit to the, uh, the flavor profile, everything to the, you know, really helped kind of enhance the wine a little bit, but yeah, it all depends year to year. And the dancing crow is also a little lower in alcohol, I think. And yeah. Assume so, that from picking earlier. Uh, yeah. I mean, so one of the funny things about Sauvignon Blanc, uh, is that, you know, sometimes to get full fruit flavors you have to let the you know the sugar levels get up higher and then that sort of creates there's interesting flavors that can come out once you let it get higher but one thing lake county i think in general has is because of the uv uh the elevation and all that we can tend to pick a little bit earlier just in general and so the alcohol can be a little bit lower because of that and one one of the things in our vineyard we have this this dense clay soil so i have a little bit of it here so this is what our soil looks like and it's this heavy duty black clay they call it a coal clay and it basically in the winter time it's soft and spongy and it'll pull your boots off if you're walking through the vineyard but in the summertime it gets hard as a rock and it actually starts to separate and crack and in our vineyard, it sort of will actually take off 
little bits of the roots of the vines and restrict the vigor on our vineyard. So we're only getting about three to four tons an acre. Uh, whereas typically with Sauvignon Blanc, you could get twice that or even more depending uh, on, you know, just the vineyard practices and everything. So because of that, our vineyard is just kind of this, you know, sort of, it's a little wild. It's a little bit like a, um, uh, I think our winemakers would call it kind of like a hippie vineyard. It's not perfectly trained. It's not got these really nice, neat rows. It kind of grows a little wild. It has to really struggle because of the soil and the vineyard. But, you know, getting three to four tons an acre, the fruit we do get is much more intense, much more complex. And we've just found that it's, you know, really sort of contributed to the, uh, you know, the style of our wine and also allowing us to pick at, you know, about 20 to 21 bricks. Great. Well, you know, you're, you're on the sales and marketing side and you can, you know, speak to that topic. I, I wanted to ask you broadly about what, what you see in terms of the, what's going on in trends in Sauvignon Blanc or maybe the wine world uh, more generally. I know that, you know, direct to consumer and online sales are really important right now, obviously. Um, are there other trends that you see from your perspective? Uh, just in terms of the sales side of things? Well, or maybe trends in sales and marketing. Yeah, sales and marketing. Where, where, and how do you think Sauvignon Blanc is, is growing? Is it, and, and the, the region, how, you know, how is the, the reputation of Lake County Sauvignon Blanc developing? I think, I mean, well, well, I mean, I think, you know, the top white wine is Chardonnay. And then there was, uh, I believe, Pinot Grigio was kind of number two. And then Sauvignon Blanc used to be kind of way down on that list, but it is now crept its way up, crept its way up, crept its way up, and is becoming more and more, I think, you know, some people are getting more tired of like super oaked Chardonnays and kind of the, uh, you know, the uh, sort of malolactic Chardonnays a little bit and looking for something crisper. And I just think that's a natural progression of people's, you know, tastes and looking for something different. Um, so the style of Sauvignon Blanc, especially that, you know, that we all make in Lake County is just that it's really nice and refreshing. Uh, and, you know, and I think the more people try it, it it's, to me has a little bit more body, a little bit more flavor, a little bit more interesting than say Pinot Grigio. Uh, so people are moving away from Pinot Grigio and trying Sauvignon Blanc. So I think there's, um, you know, it's, you know, it's wide open in terms of, from my perspective, what Sauvignon Blanc, especially Lake County Sauvignon Blanc can do in the market. Fantastic. Thank you. Um, Joy, I said I was going to ask you a question earlier, um, and I do. I want to ask you a question that was raised in our Q and A, and that had to do with um, when you start blending. Uh, the question was: Are are you combining grapes from different vineyards during fermentation, or at the very end, you ferment them all separately and then and then taste and combine, but and blend? But I also want to ask you while you're answering that question, after you answer that question, to talk about your experience in New Zealand and Australia and how that compares to your experience in Lake County. Sure. Yeah, my, my boss jumped on and that's why I'm still in the office. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> dedicated. No. Um, so yeah, the, uh, um, for blending, we, we ferment everything to dryness and, and then we can really see what the vineyards are doing individually and kind of see how they come out. So 
Um, everything gets picked. I think I put on the tax sheets um, between, I think it was like 22-ish bricks. And, oh yeah, I had separate bricks for each one. Um, so, and we aim for about 21 and a half, but by the time you get it into the winery and press it off, it usually ends up about 22 and a little bit higher uh, bricks. And, but I think the the important thing is to really be able to tell the nuances and the flavors of each and every um, different vineyard and then be able to blend. And what you're looking for, or what I'm looking for anyway, when, when I'm blending is, um, you know, you want something that's balanced. You want something that you can just pick up and it's drinkable and it's refreshing and you want it to be a little bit geeky so you can find those little nuances in it if you're looking for it, but you also want it to just be like pleasant so you can just enjoy it and not, you know, um, get too involved with it. So <laughs> there's a little bit of both and it's a fine line, but that's, you know, I mean, that's what we look for when we're blending, but we do wait until everything's done so we can see, you know, is this vineyard a little bit more grassy? Is this vineyard a little bit more kind of stone fruit and how will that blend together? Um, and, you know, speaking of grassy, uh, New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc, I think um, I did, my husband's from New Zealand. I lived in New Zealand for a couple of years and um, worked in the wine industry down there. So definitely very familiar with um, the New Zealand style of Sauvignon Blanc. And I think, um, you know, I, I, I love California style because I think it's a little bit more fleshy. It's not so in your face, racing acidity and grass. Um, I know they love their sheep and I think they drink wine like Sauvignon Blanc, <laughs> like sheep would like Sauvignon Blanc, very grassy. And um, I do appreciate it, but uh, the, I think the one thing is that um, having, um, you know, being able to manage that acidity is really important. Uh, so we, we will, some things that, that we will add a little bit of um, tartaric acid if it comes in a little bit too soft, but we want that balance in the wines and um and but having those um well so what i'm trying to say is, is the thing that i do like from new zealand is the the power that they are able to get into their wines it's so intense and so powerful and so i want to have a a little bit of that but not so much that it's in your face and overwhelming and and you don't want to go back for the second glass so there i I've tasted it. I'm sure you guys, Derek and Adam, have tasted as well some, and not even just New Zealand wines, but some wines that are just so powerful or so intense that you're yeah. like, okay, one, mm -hmm. one glass is enough. Right. But we wanted to, there's kind of a happy medium there. And I think that's what balance is all about. I've, I've had some New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc that I just, it's incredible. I love it, but I can't drink more than part of a glass. <laughs> it's just too intense. Yeah, the acidity can be really great. Yeah, not all of it, of course. But. Yeah. It's very different. Yeah. Do you remember about the winemaking technology you have? What did they do differently in New Zealand that you would think might be interesting to talk about? Um, they're very mechanical. So everything is machine harvested. Um, they bring it in, they, you know, they pick at night. Um, that's that's a, a nice option with the machine harvesting. And, um, you know, they get it, they get it in immediately. Um, there, there's two schools of thought uh, for, you know, doing a, an oxidative versus a reductive style of winemaking in, in terms of, you know, protecting it from oxygen as much as possible or 
um, being a little bit more oxidative with it so that it kind of opens up and, and shows some flavors. I think maybe Derek, you, you might be a little bit more in the um, kind of reductive style of, okay. of winemaking and, and, and I think we're a little bit more oxidative. We don't do the dry ice and the gondolas before they come in. Um, we will do it in the tank and protect it once it's in house. But I, a little bit of that oxygen, I feel like opens up the, the aromatics and kind of opens up that wine a little bit better. Plus we, we um, bottle under cork, which is a little bit different winemaking than bottling under screw cap. Um, but we do the cork thing because you can compost a cork and you can't compost the screw cap. Mm. Oh, I forgot to mention that this is organically chrome. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, very nice. So Derek, I wanted to ask you, since you, you talked about working with David Weiss at Bella Vista Farming, I, I want to know how closely you work with David and just talk a little bit about that experience of working with the farmer. Well, um, David has farmed for at least four of my clients over many years. So he and I have worked together. I mean, every time harvest comes along and I'm calling him, are you still harvesting pears? You know, <laughs> I need you in the vineyard. <laughs> uh, so, you know, oh yeah, I'll get you a case of pears and stuff like that. <laughs> but we, we've done, I worked with him for, uh, he also works with Cash Creek, which is one of my clients. He works uh, with us too. Girls in the Vineyard, which um, is bought from David Weiss. Uh, Mark Navoni, who's uh, in Napa Valley, but um, owns property with, I guess, the David Weiss lives on, I think, still. Um, so we, we've had a lot of, you know, interaction over many years. When you work with David or you're working with a grower, are you working closely on things like canopy and... Uh, yes, I, I found that, um, you know, that's a delicate... Uh, matter you have to be um, you know it's a relationship and you, you need to lean on it when you need to and other times you have to coax it along I remember this um, anyway it's a long story but um, so when I, I usually go in the spring and I look at the vineyards for their um, canopy to see how things are because we want to take off lateral shoots and some some um, some varieties, not Sauvignon Blanc so much, um, because Sauvignon Blanc, we kind of like the grassiness, but Cabernet Sauvignon, the lateral shoots that are above the uh, fruit zone uh, will add pyrazines, which are grassy, and it's not good. For, so I need to go in and sometimes make sure that those lateral shoots are taken off, that, that the vineyard is you know, managed so that for the wine that we want, in other words, um, not just for the vineyard, but for the wine. And so, you know, I need to explain these things sometimes. Um, David knows all this by now because we've gone through this many times. Things like uh, during harvest, Sauvignon Blanc, uh, you need to have enough air so that you won't get botrytis and uh, leaf hoppers. You need to be able to get in and do whatever you need to do to suppress the leaf hoppers if they happen to be a problem. And if you have too much, uh, too many leaves around the fruit zone, then the whatever you're going to put in there is, you know, sulfur or whatever um, is not going to be able to get to the to the uh, crop. It's going to get covered, you know, on the leaves, and so then you will get botrytis and you will have some problems. So you know, I, I look at that and I talk with it with the 
vineyard management about that and we um, make a schedule and if I see something, it's just another pair of eyes. It really helps um, for more people to be looking at a vineyard from different angles. You know, it's like th theory Z and uh, business management. If you have an engineer and a salesperson and a, you know, production manager all in the same room talking about the same thing, you're going to get a better product than if you just have a sales guy or, or you know, somebody. Yeah. And it does seem to me like, and maybe you guys can correct me, but I know you all, well, Shannon Ridge, you guys own the vineyards. And same with you, um, Adam, you own the vineyard. But it does seem like you guys all work really closely with the vineyard growers or with the, you know, with the yeah. vineyard managers. But that yeah. seems like a, a quality of Lake County, would you say? Yeah, it's a small area, relatively speaking, you know. So you get to a closer relationship with the growers and... Well, yeah, and that, that's an important part of the uh, winemaking process. So if you... If you have somebody who doesn't behave, then you go a different grower. <laughs> it's as easy yeah. as that. And I've had that happen before, but uh, not in a while. I had a Sauvignon Blanc vineyard back in the 90s that was owned by a mechanic who lived in, in Oakland. It's no longer there. But he, um, I said, hey, you know, your Sauvignon Blanc is kind of almost there. I need you to pick in about three days. It was getting really hot. And he said, oh, okay. Well, I'll call some of my friends and we'll see if we can get up there this weekend. <laughs> and that, that didn't last. You know. We had about two more years and then I complained about raisins and he said, okay, so I didn't bring any raisins in. The last load had green fruit on the top and raisins on the bottom. So we dumped it in the hopper too late to put it back. And, you know, it was just not the way to behave. So. Yeah. He wasn't well, sure after that. I think people would generally say that the that Lake County is, is a very sophisticated growing region now, whereas maybe that was a long time ago. Yeah, a long time Things ago. have changed quite a bit. It's mm -hmm. um, Joy, Clay yeah. asked a, a question. Do you wanna speak to that? What was it? Uh, so, who wants to know about mainstreaming mainstream of Sauvignon Blanc and how it compares to New Zealand and, and recent recent experience? Yeah, so we did. Um, so our and well, this is so. Here's one way that that we've changed a little bit with uh, shelter in place is all our whole sales team. We've got five, six of them out across the country, and they're stuck at home right now, um, not able to go see their buyers and go to the regular stores and restaurants and shops and all of that. So um they they have been working their little hearts out on you know doing as much as they can via zoom and having these virtual meetings and so we've been doing virtual meetings with our sales team which is great and and you know we don't have to fly to meet everybody and we can sit here and have a conversation so we did last month um a competitive set tasting with Savion blanc and uh so you know we're the, the Shannon Ridge Sauvignon Blanc is, is usually in that, you know, kind of 14 to $15 price point um, in most grocery stores. And so what we did is we bought uh, all of the same kind of price point, a little bit higher and a little bit lower. And I, I we sent samples. They were all blind. So everybody tasted and ranked them from their favorite to least favorite. And, um, and what we found out is that at that same price point, most people are putting California Appalachian on the, the label. So they're getting fruit from the Central Valley or, you know, maybe some from Monterey or, 
where it's a, you know, a nondescript and not a specific vineyard or, um, or it's a big blend from um, what we call bolt wine. So wines that other wineries are selling. And, and, um, and they're, I mean, they're all decent Sauvignon Blancs, but at that same price point, I think Lake County is actually, you know, giving you um, specific vineyard, like both you guys, you know, Dancing Crow, you guys own your vineyard and Chase Water, you guys have a season to designate. And, and it's, it's more, I mean, it's definitely adding value, but, um, but it's more of a specific vineyard and specific winemaking at that same price point that most other, um, but most other wineries out there are just doing a California blend and it could be from anywhere in California. So that was one thing that we found where it was interesting, um, with our, with our sales team. And then the other thing was, um, was about residual sugar. Um, the, we, we took a couple of samples of, or we took the, the top three, I think it was the top three that we picked and the, the group as the group picked and we tested the residual sugar and they ended up being some of the sweetest wines, um, that people liked. And, and we all love sugar. I'm not going to deny it. I love candy. <laughs> um, and, uh, but that was really interesting because all of our Sauvignon Blancs are bone dry. And I think that's, we get the fruit character that some people add as sweetness. We get it as fruitiness. And so it's, there's a sweet perception in there, but it's not residual sugar. So it's not actually added calories. Um, but a lot of these other ones that people, that our team was kind of picking up towards the top that were, you know, I kind of teased them and call them cheap dates because it was like the cheapest wine and, and the highest residual sugar. And, you know, they were choosing it as number one, but you know, when we talked about it, uh, it was the difference between having like, you know, residual sugar in the wine versus the fruitiness of the sugar or the fruitiness of the wine yeah. and not it being sweet. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, I want to ask one last question, actually two questions, a quick question to you, Adam. Um, we have a question come in about where you can get dancing crow in Arizona. And if you know the answer to that, and the second question for all of you is, what is uh, your favorite food to pair with Sauvignon Blanc? Uh, so Arizona, Dancing Crow, uh, the best place would be Whole Foods. Uh, and check with your local one. I know it's the bigger Whole Foods that carry the Dancing Crow Sauvignon Blanc. So that would be just, you can call in and check and see if they have it there. But yeah, the bigger one should, should have it. And my favorite thing with Sauvignon Blanc, bar none, is oysters. Like, it is unbelievable. Hog Island oysters are going out to Tomales Bay and just having that, you know, brininess with the acidity of the Sauvignon Blanc. And just one thing with our wine, we try to keep it in that, like, citrus, stone fruit, and, like, palm fruit flavors. So you're looking at peach, pear, apricot, and just specifically talking about the Dancing Crows Sauvignon Blanc, uh, you know, just those, the little bit of lime in there a little green apple, pear, which is so funny because, you know, Lake County, known for pears, they're everywhere, organic pears and beautiful. Uh, so, uh, and then just a hint of guava, but that, if you think of the continuum of, we do this sensory tasting every once in a while with our winemakers and they, they put out like 15 different glasses with different uh, things in each one of them, starting at one end with like jalapeno, you know, lemongrass and just sort of like the grassy flavors. And then the very other end of the spectrum, having like super tropical fruit, like, you know, like uh, passion fruit or even like a marmalade type of flavor like that. 
So those are the two ends of the spectrum, but in the middle of the spectrum tends to be sort of peach, pear, apricot, apricot, lime zest, those things. And I think citrus flavors are just really, really pleasing to the palate. And that's one of the things that I love about Lake County Sauvignon Blanc is it just kind of livens up your palate. And it just really makes you want to go back, like we're saying, and have that, like Joy was saying, like have that next glass and maybe another one. Uh, and so it's just, it's just one of those things where it's not like one glass, oh, that was good, but I can't drink anymore. It's like something to be shared with friends and family, goes great with so many different kinds of food, oysters being my favorite. But it's just, um, you know, it's just a great kind of party type of wine or like those type of things. But it's just got so much interesting you know things going on in it and there's so many different levels and the the nuances like joy also was talking about are there as well so yeah it's just you know it's really exciting but i'll let you guys go and say you, what Adam, you, you had me at oysters you could have just <laughs> not everybody loves them but man it's well, just oh, so good. <laughs> derek what do you what do you like with sonia buck my favorite thing is uh shellfish and um, i also like um some cheeses, not all of them, but cheese with uh, little crackers and bread or right. apples. But I like, um, I, I love, you know, prawns and oysters and shellfish really, really go well with Sauvignon Blanc. All right. Thank nice um, picnic wine. It's good for the spring. This time of year is wonderful for Sauvignon Blanc, as, as is, I think, rosé is another one that fits the, fits the, the time of year. But Sauvignon Blanc, you can drink that into the summer, fall. But again, like Adam, I like it with uh, shellfish. And mm. that's yeah. I think it's definitely a seafood wine. My favorite is ceviche. So uh, ceviche and Sauvignon Blanc is, yeah. 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 I mean, oysters is like a really close second. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, and yeah, I mean, it, it is. It's a great party wine. Also party of one. <laughs> <laughs> Shelter in place party yeah. of one, please. <laughs> <laughs> but right. it is really versatile it can go with a lot of things a lot of thai food it goes really great with i think the the power of the wine but also the power of the food and you know if you've got like intense like cilantro and lime flavors and things like that i think that's why i love ceviche with it so much and it can even hold up to spicy food too like if you like you know spicy thai food or you know mexican dishes that have a lot of heat to them the the acidity and the sauvignon blanc kind of can help cool the palate off and yeah, it works well there too. Fantastic. Um, there was a question about shipping specials, and I know Adam, you wanted to say that, and then oh, yeah. I, I think we'll wrap it up after that. So, so for everyone, if you go onto our dancingcrow.com and put in Lake County, just LCWGC uh, through the end of uh, May, will be thirty-three percent off anything you want to buy on the website. Awesome. So not just the Sauvignon Blanc, but anything. So, yeah. So, and and uh, we'll follow up with some more information. Um, I think we'll wrap it up. I, we, we had, you know, had set aside 30 minutes and we've gone way past that. And I think we could probably go even, even longer. Uh, really appreciate the speakers. Um, let me just wrap it up and say on behalf of the Lake County Wine Grape Commission, I'd like to thank Joy Merrilies from Shannon Ridge Family of Wines, Derek Holstein from Chase Water Winery, and Adam Forney from Dancing Crow Vineyards. I'd also like to give a big shout out to Megan Hoberg from the Lake County Wine Grape Commission, who made this whole event possible without a Wouldn't have been able to do it without Megan, so thank you. And of course, I'd like to thank everybody who joined 
So thank you all thank so you. much. Thank you for uh, okay. Hope to welcome all of you to Lake County very soon. So mm -hmm. thank you. Thanks, you guys. Thanks.